Amen. Thanks, Pastor Steve. I know I told Emily, I said, man, put your ring down. It's blinding me from the reflections. It's big. Well, hey, we got a special thing that we're doing today. I have a, I said, I, we have a grandbaby we're going to dedicate today. So I'm going to have my family come up and, all right, so if you're part of the family and you want to be up here, do that. And uh, I'm excited for this little guy. It's Kaysen Michael Johnson Dyer. Did you catch that? Yeah. He's, yeah. I don't, did you catch that? No, I didn't. Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this is our newest grandbaby, and uh, we only have two, but they're, they're amazing. So um, pretty excited. They, they flew here for the week. Cam's in the Navy uh, training in, in a, as a pilot, so he's the one I, I talk about. Um, and uh, anyhow... So this is my extended family, some very close, some not so close, um, but I thought we would have a little bit of fun with this one today because uh, this little guy has a purpose, he has a reason, and, and as does your child, right? But this is my grandkids, so I get to talk about him. Um, and so why do we do baby dedications? The, a baby dedication doesn't um, make them a Christian, doesn't, you know, secure their life, but what it is, it's a promise. It's a promise to dedicate this little boy um, and, and say, God, this baby's really yours. And some moments are easier to do when they're screaming at 2 a.m. It's really easy to say, God, this is yours, right? Uh, so we have these, these moments in life, but, but why do we do it? Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart. Now, as a boy, there is really training in the way they should go. Yes. You know, you can put Cheerios in the toilet and say, sink the Cheerio. Um, you know, and, and the, but in the way he should go, what does that mean? It means in the way they should live, in the way they treat people. Uh, so Hannah and Samuel in the Bible, Hannah came and dedicated her baby Samuel. Um, and, and the bad part with that story is that she actually left him at the church. <laughs> for Eli to raise, and I'm like, no, don't, you know, that, that's not, that's not what happens these days, that you raise him and bring him back. Mary dedicated Jesus, so there's a biblical pattern of dedicating children. So first we recognize that a child is a precious gift from God to us, um, that they really don't belong to us, but to him. Uh, secondly, we release ownership of our children to him, under, understanding that God is responsible for the way that each child develops. Uh, the, the personality that he has is going to be probably part of, of Cam and Lauren's personalities mixed together. God gave us our personalities. Um, they can be developed and they can be messed up a little bit, but he gave us the personalities that we have. And the, the personality has to do with what I'm going to preach about today, and that's fulfilling our purpose in life. Like personalities will fulfill a purpose. Um, third, we realize that God has left it up to us to, to help Cason become what God has intended him to be. And so family, okay, I will ask you the question, will you live Jesus in front of little Cason? Yeah, all right. Church family, when he comes and visits, well, let me rephrase that. When his parents come and visit him, um, okay, <laughs> will you live Jesus in front of them? Will you live in such a way that the church is a joyful place? Not a perfect place, because we're all messed up to some extent. But will you live in such a way that would want, that he says, I want to go to church. I want to go to that family because it's a fun place. And there's cookies. As we're using the cookies. Will you do that for me? Yeah. All right. Well, let's pray for him. Father, I thank you so much for Case, and I thank you, uh, God, just what a gift he is and what a, a purpose and a plan you have for his life. And I thanks for Cam and, and Lauren and Michaela. 
Lord, as they, as they serve this country together, the sacrifices they've made to serve this country, that your blessing would follow that. And Father, as they lived Jesus in front of Case and he grew up to love you and to know you, to be kind and to be honest and to be a man of integrity as he gets older. Uh, Father, and that starts with us. It starts with how we live. And so we dedicate him to you today, knowing there's a great purpose for his life. And we love you. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. What a, what a cutie. Well, thank you so much. Um, this morning as I was holding him, I uh, just, just had him by the fire and he was sleeping, but I was like, I don't care. I'm going to pick you up because he was laying there. And, uh, and if you didn't know, most of you do know, if you've been here that Lauren had a, she, her body is allergic to pregnancy, like severely where, uh, just throwing up every day. And, uh, it was not a, a fun pregnancy the first time. And she told Cam, you get one shot at a boy. <laughs> That's it, man. Um, and so, uh, good shot, Cam. Got a, got the boy. And, um, but every day was full of sickness and just, you know, terrible. So, um, this morning as I was holding him, I was like, this little baby caused me no problems whatsoever. It was like, he's the product of nine months of complete sickness every day, complete inconvenience. And, and yet I get the benefit of my daughter's inconvenience. And I was like, this is awesome. Didn't, you know, this is great. And we felt bad for her. And, and yet I related it to salvation. It's like, you know, we get salvation. We get eternity in heaven at the inconvenience of Jesus. Like what he did blessed us and it, and it cost us nothing, okay? All we have to do is give our life to him. So it was, it was just a little cool moment. So, all right, well, let's get into this. Uh, a series, we just, we're starting a new series today. It's called Adventure Awaits. And um, if your life is anything like mine, there's moments of adventure. There's moments that you really would rather not have to go through. Um, you know, even an incredibly blessed life like mine is, there are still moments you're like, this kind of stinks. This isn't, this isn't very fun. Um, how do I get through that? How do I navigate it? And, and so my title for today is Living Your Purpose. Living Your Purpose. And we're going to talk through this whole series about how God uses uses us and how can he use us and he uses us in different ways. And so it's, help, it's designed to help you discover your purpose in life or if you know what it is to keep on fulfilling your purpose. And, and there are times that our purposes actually change, just like the seasons that God has your, your purpose and then something else will change and, and God will get, send you in another direction. But I would tell you this as Americans, uh, we have more stuff and more conveniences than anyone in history. I mean, that we were born here, okay, or at least get to live here in this country, and this time frame in life where we have conveniences and mochas and, and everything that we're blessed with, uh, yet we still complain about a lot of stuff. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a factual statement here. This is not judgment, okay, just, just say factual, not judgment. Okay, thank you, just so you don't mis misconstrue what I'm about to tell you. All right, because there's legitimate things uh, that we're going to talk about just for a moment. We have more conveniences, more stuff, more blessing, and yet we're as unhappy or unhappier than ever before. Okay, publicly, as I said, this is public knowledge that, that Americans are on more antidepressants than ever. And so looking at it as a factual thing, saying why? Again, there's a purpose for them. You know, if you're, like I said, if anything for your spouse, get chemically balanced. Okay, right? Um, all right, but, but, they're, but they're giving them out because there's this people are depressed and you go, okay, well, if stuff makes you happy, if money and fame and all this fortune makes you happy, how come we're so unhappy? My easy answer is I believe a lot of people just aren't fulfilling the purpose that God has for them because they make so much life or make life so much about themselves and not about other people. Uh, a life that lived for yourself is going to be a life of suffering. Yep. 
Okay, that's just that's proof. Look at Hollywood, all right? When it's all about you, all right, life is a miserable thing, but God says that we need to live life for other people. So if stuff can make you happy, all right, we would be a, full, a nation full of happy people, but we're not. Okay, stuff might give you a momentary jolt of something, like, oh, joy, but then you got to have the next one. And our world knows that advertising knows that. When's the last time you saw a car commercial that said, hey, don't buy the new model, be happy with the one you have? <laughs> Never, right? This is the new 2022. It's got one little extra feature, right? Um, or the new iPhone. I'm still rocking the 5, baby. <laughs> iPhone 5 works just fine. So, that, you know, when the government can't track me, mine's so old. Um, <laughs> I get, I get kidded about my iPhone 5. The screen's not broke. Sometimes what you're looking for can't be found where you're looking for it. Let me say that again. Sometimes what you're looking for can't be found where you're looking for it. You ever find something in the cabinet that doesn't belong? <laughs> the other day, I can remember what it was. I opened up a cabinet. I think there was a creamer or something. I was like... That doesn't belong here. Like, it's supposed to be cold and it's not. And then you'll find things in the fridge that are supposed to be in a cabinet. Like, it's where the cereal doesn't belong in the refrigerator. And as we get older, we do things like that. Mm -hmm. You find something, okay, where, where you didn't expect it. But what you're looking for in life, if you're searching... Okay, you're looking for it. It can't be found where you're looking for it. Okay, there's a couple songs. One's looking for love in all the right places. Yeah. Is that what it says? No. It's looking for love in all the what? All the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces. I'm going to see how many of y'all still listen to that stuff. All right. You have Mick Jagger, who still can't get any satisfaction. And you got Bono, who still can't find what he's looking for. All right. After all the years that he's been searching, I still can't find what I'm looking for. And that, that's the theme of a lot of people's lives is I'm looking for something, but I can't find it where I'm looking for. So through this series, hopefully we will help you uh, discover what your purpose is, or if you know what your purpose is, live it even better. Like continue to do what it is that God has called you to do. So I'm going to start off with this question. This question is a simple question, and it's this. Am I doing what God has called me to do in my life? Now, many of you can say, yeah, I, I believe I am doing what God has called me to do. I, I know that I am doing what God has called me to do in my life. God has called me to ministry, and I'm doing the best I can to fulfill that calling. Hey, and in other words, what is my purpose, and am I fulfilling it? Am I really doing what it is that God has called me to do? It's one thing that if you're in ministry, Pastor Stevie, we, we hear these questions. I just don't know what my purpose is. And that's one thing that a pastor loves to hear. He's like, oh, I can, give, I can find you a purpose, even, even the real purpose, right? There's a lot of things that need to be done around the church. How about kids' ministry is definitely not my purpose. Like, if you hate children, we don't want you volunteering in kids' ministries, right? If you're Mr. Grumpy Pants, we don't want you greeting at the door. <laughs> Sorry you're here, right? Uh, we, no, we want... You're usually pretty, you're gifted and in, 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 in your purpose is usually what your gifting is. Like you're good at something and God wants you to use it. So I want to talk just for a moment about King David. And there's a couple of verses that I love when I read these, they remind me that God has a plan for my life. It's found in the book of Acts. And we're going to read the end verse, okay? And then we'll go back to the beginning. And so in Acts chapter 13, verse 36, it says this, for when David served God's purpose and his own generation, he fell asleep. <laughs> means he died, okay? He, he fell asleep, not physically, because he went to heaven, but he died. But I love this, for when David had served whose purpose? God's purpose. It wasn't his purpose. It wasn't his plan. It wasn't his dream. Matter of fact, he didn't ask to be king. He was picked. And when he served God's purpose, when he was done, when he took his last breath, God says, okay, I'm done with you. Now you get to go to heaven. 
and spend eternity with me without any problems, without any temptations, without any struggles. Okay, you're set free from this physical body. But when he served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. That's, man, that's awesome. I want my life, you know, to be like that. And when Stan served God's purpose, he died and everything was great. Well, the next verse goes back to the beginning when King Saul was making a mess of things. King Saul was the first king of Israel. It was a king that the Israel wanted, but God really didn't want him to have a king because they knew what would happen because human kings make bad human decisions. Okay, and so if you know the story, King Saul kind of made a mess of things. So God was getting rid of Saul and bringing in David. He saw a young teenager, you know, tending sheep, playing his little guitar. And there's, here's what God said about him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That was the beginning. That was the first time that, that God said, okay, this is the guy that I want to be king because he's going to do everything that I want him to do. Now, if you don't know much about David's life, you know that he ended well, you know that he started well, but you don't know the in-between, you would think this dude never sinned. He's like, man, David must have been a, a stand-up guy. But what we're not told <laughs> is there's a lot left out here. Like if you know a little bit about David's life, there's a lot left out. If these verses were the only ones you've heard, you would think perfect guy, snapshot of reality, much like a social media post, right? It's just the, look at us, we're loving each other. It, one thing that, that always makes me smile is knowing that somebody's having a really rough time in their marriage and then they'll post a picture as if they're best friends. <laughs> like, liar, I know what's going on. Um, so don't do that, I'll call you out, all right? We, we want this snapshot of reality, okay? And want everybody to think that, or maybe a negative post, that life really isn't as bad as the post you just made. You just wanted to, to let everybody know you're having a rough time. But I will tell you something about David, and it's important for us to know that there were a lot of mistakes in between these two verses. He says, I, I, you know, I found a man of my own. He will do everything I want him to do and a bunch of stuff that I don't want him to do. Amen. Like the dude... He gets this woman, he's got six good-looking wives because handsome kings marry beautiful women. And he's, and he's supposed to be off the war. And he's like, I'm just going to take it easy. And he's walking around on the roof of his house and he looks through the window. He sees this woman named Bathsheba taking a bath, which I find ironic that her name is Bathsheba and she's taking a bath. And, and he's, he's like looking at her going, wow. And he sends somebody to find out who she is, brings her up, sleeps with her, gets her pregnant. And then he knows, guys, he knows. People be like, well, who? maybe he didn't know who she was. No, if you live within sight of the king's castle, you're known. Her husband was Uriah, one of his mighty men, one of his best warriors who was off to war. Her grandpa was one of David's military advisors. He knew who she was and he knew where she lived. And I think he knew what she would be doing at the time he was out. How do I know this? Because I know men, right? Guys, we know, ladies, we know. Ladies, you know when the sale pops up, a little radar goes up. You didn't even see the advertisement. Somehow you just know that something is on sale, right? You, we just have this little knowledge. David sees her, takes her, gets her pregnant, sends her back, brings the husband home, gets him drunk, tries to get him to sleep with the, with the woman to make her or make everybody think that that's his kid. And the whole thing, if, you don't, if you're into drama, shut off the TV, read the Bible. Because it, it's got some messed up stuff. So David... He commits adultery, takes his woman, gets her pregnant, kills the husband. He takes his own death warrant. They're like, stick him in the front line so he dies. They're like, okay, okay. It, it's all a whole bunch of messed up. David lies, he cheats, he steals. He breaks pretty much every commandment there is to break. And yet, the word of God says, David, a man after my own heart. 
And then he died and fulfilled God's purpose. You're like, wait, how can God use somebody who's so messed up? I think the reason God puts that in there is that gives us all a chance. Because there's not many of us who have done everything that, that David did. If you did come and talk to me, I'm interested in your story. Like if you killed some guy and took his wife, God, to pray. I mean, if you did all the stuff that David did, I want, I want to talk to you. All right? Because that's quite a story. Most of us don't have the story David had. And why do I tell you the story of David? Why, why is he bookended? Like okay, he served God's purpose at the end. He was doing everything I wanted him to do. Why, why are those the only two verses we see at the end of his life? Why, why doesn't God say, and he did a bunch of messed up stuff and did this and this. All God does is say, this is the good stuff. And when you are forgiven, when you stand before God in heaven, God is not going to bring out all the garbage that you did. He's going to say, I picked a guy named Scott, and the, Scott ended life well and served me with all of his heart. Amen. Period. That's my man right there. So God doesn't remember all the garbage. So we, we get this, well, hey, maybe God can use me. If God can use a guy like David who did a bunch of messed up stuff, all right? Here's, here's my illustration with this, all right? So we look at David and we're like, the, okay, he's going to serve me. He's going to do everything I want to do. And he's going to die after serving my purpose. That's awesome. Have you ever had a teenager go to somebody else's house and then you talk to the mom or the dad of the, of the teenager, you know, and, and your kid went to their house and, and they get back with you. You're like, you know, your son, your daughter is so polite, so respectful. We're like, you're talking about the same person? Exactly. Well, what, what, what do you mean? Oh, they're just so polite. And we're like, that's not the same one. Right? And then their kid comes over to your house and they're polite and respectful and everything. Man, you, you tell them, man, your son is amazing. They're like, What? You know what I'm talking about, right? Somehow we can behave a little bit different. Well, that's how I look at this. It's like, it's like God's looking at David going, man, your son is respectful and obedient and polite and kind. And, and you're going, but that's not the whole story. That's not what they're like at home. Okay? We're probably all guilty of that to some point. But that's what I love about David. He fulfilled God's purpose, even though David's flesh got the best of him. An awful lot, some of us can really relate to that. Like our flesh gets the best of us, doesn't it? Come on, I should, that's an amen there because it's really true. Because if, if, if it doesn't get you, you should be up here preaching. Who <laughs> got really quiet. They're like, yeah, I'm not, not qualified, not qualified. We stand before God, all the bad stuff's left out. Why? Because it's forgiven. I love it. One thing about David, why was he able to serve God's purpose? Well, here's, here's one more thing. When David messed up, he always owned it. Right. When, when he was called on it, like David, yeah, you did this. He's like, yeah, you're right. Okay, even Nathan, the prophet, when they found out about, you know, Bathsheba's pregnant, the guy's dead. It's like almost a year goes by, there's this baby. And Nathan, the prophet, comes up to confront David. He's like, David, he's there, I got to tell you a story, man. There's this guy in the kingdom who owns all these sheep. He goes, and he had a friend come into town. And, and then this friend went to the guy who only had one sheep. And he took that guy's sheep and he, and he killed it and he cooked it for his friend. He's like, what should we do? And David's like, kill him. Like, that's terrible. You, that's never happened. And Nathan's like, bro, that's you. Like, you took Uriah's one sheep. You got all these beautiful women, and you took his one sheep. And he's like, you're right. He didn't deny. You read this story, he's like, my bad. That's what I did. He owned it. He was ready to kill the guy like, who took the little sheep. And he realized, because, you know, my sin always looks worse on you. Amen. All right? And, and David realized that I, I messed up. And he, when he messed up, he fessed up. That's, that was David's life. That's what made him a man after God's own heart. He never excused his behavior. He always owned it. And I believe that that's why he was a man after God's own heart. We just own it. So here's the point with this part. 
God can use the messed up life for his purpose if you're willing to own it and confess it. And that sets the foundation for the next part of the message. I want to talk to you for a moment about boats, okay? Uh, my son and I, my dad gave us a 12-foot aluminum boat, and it was a ranch boat. So we have a couple ponds up at the ranch, and the intention with this boat was we had algae growing, so we thought, well, we'd get a boat and we'd drive it around, which is a great idea, that the propeller will mix up, you know, and, and stuff will float out of the pond. It didn't work. So we took the boat out, the boat got left in the weeds, and the motor came off, and, and we began to use this boat to sled in. We used it like in the snow, like we'd go down hills in the boat. And uh, it's great, safe, fun, yeah. <laughs> airbag equipped. Well, I want to show you the boat that my dad gave us to restore. All right, so my son and I, we stripped the whole thing, painted it, and uh, put new seats in it. We got a motor. <laughs> we know what's really cool about the motor. <laughs> The boat is, uh, yeah, it's got notice something. The boat is rated for 9.9 horsepower. That's a 20 horsepower moat, baby. Because I, I think if we're going to go, go big, man. It's like hydroplaning across the lake. Uh, and so Rick Chasen gave us the motor. So anyways, we, we put a, a 20 horse on a 10 horse rated. And the good news is the boat is old enough that it's got a grandfather class, so I can't get in trouble. Okay, they can't get me for it because of the age of the boat. Well, as you see, the boat, that was once used, okay, but bought for a purpose, didn't work for that particular purpose, all right, then discarded and used to go down in the snow as a sled, we saw value in it. Yeah. And it took some value to, to, to strip everything, to repaint everything, to put new seats in and, and redo the wood. And we used it for a long time, still have it, to do a lot of great things. This is up, uh, Swan Falls, up above the dam. I call it Golgotha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have to explain that to you as to why. Uh, but we had a lot of fun in this boat, okay? We used this boat for a purpose. It had a reason. It had a reason that it was built, but it was used for reasons that it wasn't built for. I don't think sledding was ever in the design of StarCraft to go, you know, if the boat doesn't work for what you can do for it, just go ahead and just use it as a snow sled. Okay, technically, you're still on water, okay? But that's not what it was designed to do, Okay? It's, and a boat is not designed to stay at the dock. A boat is not designed to stay tied to the dock. It might look good there. It might be floating, but that's not what it was designed to do, okay? It was designed to go somewhere on the water. It was designed to take you fishing. It was designed to do something, not just sit there. And some of you today may feel like you're the boat and you're floating, but you're barely floating, and you're just tied to the dock, and you're like, okay, what now? Like, I'm, I'm floating, I'm going to heaven, but what, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? And I will also tell you this, there's moments that the, the boat should be docked. You can't run it all the time, right? There's times that you gotta rest the thing. Yeah. There's times that you gotta take care of yourself, all right? I, I posted this this week, a boat that's not making waves is a boat that's not going anywhere, like, if, you don't want, if you're not making any waves in life, you're probably not standing up for what you really believe in. Okay? Now, you can overwave people, you know, somebody like that. <laughs> They're like, Wah! you know, their whole goal is to sink your boat. Avoid those people. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to go to a different pond, okay? Different boats have different purposes, okay? So if you want, you can live a life of mediocrity. You can live a life at the dock, and you probably won't ever ruin your motor. You probably won't get any dents in it because I'm going over rocks. But you also won't accomplish anything. I don't believe that God wants us to come into heaven just perfect. Like, hey, I didn't do, I didn't mess up. And God's like, yeah, but you didn't do anything either. Yep. Like, I never sinned, Lord. Yeah, but you never did anything either. Let me tell you something. When you're in a battle, you're going to have battle scars. Okay? You're going to have battle scars. So here's the good news, okay? 
or I should say, here's the bad news. If you want to live a life of mediocrity, just blending in with the crowd, a life of average, that's not what God has called us to do as Christians, okay? Here's the good news. You don't have to listen to me today. You don't have to listen to a word I say. You will, but you don't have to do it, right? You don't have to listen to me. Everybody clear with that? I can't make you do anything, but I can give you an opportunity and, and some inspiration, hopefully, to see that God has more for your life than you think. All right, you can live a bland, boring life and still get to heaven if you want to, but you won't be truly satisfied with that, okay? You'll be missing out on something, and I think you know it. So if you're tired of living a bland life, this series is for you. Okay, our goal is to help you find and fulfill your purpose on this earth, and it's not just doing your job, okay? It's the lives you touch while you're doing your job. Others of you today, you know exactly what God has called you to do, and you're doing it. Okay, this series is also helping you to, to realize that you are making a difference in this life. You are making a difference in the lives of other people. So that encouragement is just keep doing it. Keep doing it. It's not always going to be easy, but it's always going to be worth it. There's nothing like knowing why you were here and what you're supposed to do. And you'll find this. If there's one thing that I want, to, want you to leave with today is this, is that purpose is not a destination. It's a lifestyle. It's not a destiny. A lot of people think, well, I just want to, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Well, get up in the morning and say, God, just use me today. Just use me. However you want me to be used, help me to touch somebody's life. I just want to be used by you today. And I'll promise you, when you get up with that intention to say, God, I'm yours. However, whatever it is you want me to do today, I'll do it. You will find yourself living a purpose. A lot of people think, again, a purpose is a destiny. Well, as soon as I achieve this, as soon as I do this, as soon as I get this, then my purpose will be fulfilled. That's not the case. David got up long before he was ever recognized in the Bible and he worshiped God. He washed, it, he watched, watched, he didn't wash his sheep. He watched his sheep, okay? He watched the sheep. He practiced with his sling, right? He threw rocks and he practiced. Long before you knew who David was, he was already slinging stones at a, at a tree, okay? That's how they practiced, Long before he faced Goliath, he was already prepping for that battle. So some of you today, you may feel like, I'm just getting up in the morning, I'm just watching sheep, I'm just slinging stones, I'm just doing what I do, I'm serving God, but I don't know, okay, the purpose lies ahead of you. And when David finally met Goliath, he was just taking some bread and cheese, which was Old Testament pizza. Think about that, right? He was taking bread and cheese to his brothers. He had no idea what lie ahead of him. He had no idea what Goliath was going to mean in his life. But everything that he had done up to that point, he was preparing him for that moment. So without Goliath in our lives, a David will never come out in us. So what you're facing right now is just preparing you for what's next, all right? So some of you are like, I don't know why I'm going with this. We'll just keep doing it. Keep doing right. Keep doing what it is that God has called you to do and your purpose will come about, all right? But your purpose, again, is to make a difference in the lives of others. I'm gonna close with this verse a couple of verses out of the book of Luke chapter six. Uh, and I, lo I love this. I love the wording and I'll, I'll tell you why I love the wording. So let me read it and then we'll go back and talk about it. So Jesus is talking, um, to, he's talking to Pharisees, he's talking to, to, to believers. He's just teaching them the right way to live. It says he went down with them. This is Dr. Luke writing. Luke was a doctor, followed Jesus around. And I think he's reminiscing of past things because he didn't write it as he went. Okay, he didn't have his Apple watch talking like, okay, this is what Jesus is doing now. He had to go back and write this thing out. And I think he's sitting at his little desk with his, his quill and his ink and his little candle. And he's thinking about the things that Jesus did. And, and he said, oh, yeah, he, one day he went down with them, with the disciples, and he stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea and, and from Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. 
Those troubled by evil spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. They uh, ignored all the social distancing <laughs> things from this time. They were all trying to touch him, right? Looking at his disciples, he said, and, and, and you may wonder, why, what does this have to do with purpose? Well, it all tied together. So he says this to them. He says, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven of God. Some of you may relate to that today. Blessed are you who, are hung, who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now. You may be in a, a time of mourning in your life, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you, when they insult you and reject your name as evil because of the son of man, because of me. He said, you're blessed when you're excluded, when you're insulted because of your Christianity, because of how you believe and what you believe about God's word. Okay, you're going to be excluded. People are going to talk some bad stuff about you. They're going to call you intolerant. They're going to call you a lot of names. And he said, you'll be blessed when you get rejected because of me, because of my, the way that I'm telling you to live. He says, rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. And so let's back up a little bit. I love the wording here. And it says, when, when, it, when Jesus went down and he stood on a level place and I call it Jesus on the level. Yeah. Scott preached this a couple weeks ago and he said, you know, I'm on the level because the bubble's in the middle. <laughs> I can't really do that illustration, but... Um, but the, he, he said his pastor was, was his pastor ate well um, growing up and, and he had a bubble and that's his illustration. I'm on the level, the bubble's in the middle. So I always think of that when I read this verse. But Jesus, why did, why did Luke point this out? Because I never really thought about it until a couple of weeks back when I was just developing this message. And, but Jesus went down with him and he stood on a level place. Why would Dr. Luke pen those words? And so I was praying, I was like, Lord, why is that there? I think it's a great question to ask God. God, why is this here? Okay, there's, there's got to be more to it than he went down with him and stood on a level place. And so I was, I was thinking about the places where Jesus had been, okay, and where he preached from. Jesus preached from a boat one time, probably more than once. Got in a boat and they pushed out and he preached to people. So Jesus was, pre was preaching on a boat. Jesus preached from on top of a hill once, okay, probably more than once. He preached in a church. He preached at the temple. There was a lot of places he preached from, and here he was preaching on a level. So, so why include all those places that he preached from? Why does that matter? And I felt in my heart that if, if Jesus preached you know, from a boat every time, we would begin to associate obedience with a particular thing. Like, I got to be in a boat in order to obey God. I got to be on a level place in order to obey God. I got to be, all, Jesus was always in one spot when he preached. Okay, well, I can't preach. Give me a boat. As soon as you give me a boat, I'll preach. No, Jesus preached from a lot of different places because he was Jesus in a lot of different places. And in our lives, how this relates to us is it doesn't matter what you're in, whether you're on a hill, in a boat, in a church, in a temple, in a synagogue, in a, in a, you know, in a Uber. It doesn't matter where you're at. It's what you're doing where you are that really matters. Because God knows that we get religious very fast. If the only place that we can preach is in the boat, then we're always going to want a boat. Yeah. So I'm going to talk to our board because I really think I preach better in a boat. <laughs> it's got to be a nice boat because we're representing Jesus here. So I'm thinking yacht. Um, I can, man, think of all the people I could reach, guys. Yeah, this is why we have voting membership to say, no, pastor, you can't have a boat. We're not buying you one. <laughs> the membership class is going to be full. <laughs> like I heard what he said. Okay. Next week, it'll be a helicopter. Okay. <laughs> All right. Does that make sense? Like, it doesn't matter where you are. 
Jesus was doing the same thing in a lot of different locations. And I think, again, that, that as, as humans, we would say, well, I got to be in a boat in order to do what God wants me to do. That's not the case. You can be anywhere. You can be on a hill at your work, wherever it is. God just wants you to serve him where you're at. So God's, again, his plan isn't always the location. It's what you're doing where you are. Just be Jesus to people. In verse 20, Jesus speaks to the people where they're at in life. Right? He talks about those who are poor, okay? those who are, who are crying, those who are hungry. He, he talked to that need first. Okay? And then he touches their emotions. Okay? Oftentimes he healed and he, and he took care of their physical needs, even provided food so that he could reach them spiritually. There is a reason that we give you cookies and coffee when you come to church. Because y'all miss breakfast, okay? Cookies and coffee prepare you for the word of God, and you did not know that. It's actually kind of a subtle, little bit of a communion. You got the cookie and you got the coffee. And some of you just went, oh, sacrilegious, all right? And some of y'all just need to get a personality and laugh a little bit in church, okay? That's one place that we should be laughing. I will tell you this, Jesus never tells you to do something that will make your life harder or worse. Never will, all right? Does it mean that life will get, what do you mean life, if I do what Jesus wants and life won't get, no, life will get harder, but he doesn't do it to make your life harder. Okay, it's like discipline. We discipline because it's hard, but it's to produce something better. So the word of God never tells us to do something that will make our life harder or worse, although it can get harder to get there. God always tells us things for a reason. Everything in his word is designed to make your life better. And you have to believe that, okay? Everything he tells you to do or not do has a reason. It has a purpose. And it's always to benefit you. And the world doesn't understand this. They, they don't get that. But this makes more sense if you understand what I'm about to tell you now. There's two things I want to tell you. Okay, this is what you have to believe. In order for this message to make any sense, okay, you have to believe that God made you for a reason. Okay, that there is a purpose for your existence. You have to believe that. Like, I may not know what it is, but I have to know that there's a reason that I'm here. That's why we dedicate babies. A baby, again, a baby is never born by accident. You ever had somebody go, well, that baby was just an accident? <laughs> no, no. It wasn't like you turned over one night in bed and all of a sudden, oh, there's a baby. Accident. No. Every baby, is a, there was a purpose. There was a connection between a man and a woman. Okay, a connection that God knew about. Whether it was in wedlock or out of wedlock, God knew about it. So don't ever think that you got pregnant out of wedlock that God can't use it. No, God absolutely Amen. used it. As a matter of fact, there was a, a woman in the Bible who had a baby out of wedlock. Huh, her name might have been Mary. Now, she wasn't messing around, okay? But every baby that's born is a purpose. Whether it was born in wedlock, out of wedlock, God had a purpose and a plan for that child. You have to believe that, okay? Now, I'm not giving you permission to go out and, hey, I just go to sleep around and hope for the best. No, I'm not telling you that. That's called sin, right? There's a sin thing, but what I'm telling you, that specific child was not like, oh, it was conceived. What are we going to do? Jesus, did you know about that? You know, I know nothing about that. What are we going to do? We have a plan for his life. I don't know. No, God has a purpose and a plan for every child that's born. Okay? Probably every child that's unborn too. Amen. All right? God has a plan for every kid. So we have to think about that, that God has a plan for my life. I am here for a reason. There's a reason I'm here. Number two, you have to understand and this is where it comes, this is where the hard part is, your obedience to his word plays a huge part of how your life turns out. Amen. Just because God gives you a purpose does not mean that you're going to fulfill it. You have a choice. Now that boat we had, it didn't have a choice. Okay, it, it never thought, one day I just want to fly down the snow with teenagers in it and hope that we crash into something, you know. That, no, it, it had visions of this, I'm supposed to be on the water. And some of us feel like we're the boat laying out in the weeds, 
that people keep driving by every day until one day somebody goes, you know what? Can we have that boat? Sure, have that boat. And my son and I made it this project and we made it what it was meant to be. And that's what God does to us. Don't ever think that God will leave you in the weeds, okay? Because I think every time, if that boat could have talked, every time we drove by it, it would have, hey, pick me, pick me, pick me. I'm ready, you know? And, and that's what we need to be with God. We need to be like, God, just pick me. And God will tell you, I already picked you. Amen. I already picked you. Okay, now let's get onto your purpose. Let's do what it is that I've called you to do because you have gifts and abilities that God wants to use. I know this, I don't know one person who lives in rebellion who is happy and fulfilled. Not one. Not one person that lives in rebellion that's happy and fulfilled. So Jesus goes on. He's going to hit on some things that all of us have to deal with in life. And the first one is enemies because we all have them. All right. Pastor, could you turn, kick the AC on again for me again? I think the heat actually kicked on. It's just me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I love about our church. It was like, it's hot, turn the AC on. And all the women are like, no. And the pastor's like, yes, because I'm the boss. Um, and I'm the one in the front of the floodlights, right? The hotter it gets, the longer I preach. So let's cool this place down. All right. Are you have a good time so far? <laughs> if you're visiting with us, I'm always like this. Um, just, just so you know. You should have saw me first service because I, I had a really strong latte before church and I was like, nah! uh, so I've calmed down just a little bit. There's a reason we don't uh, put the first service online. <laughs> it's like, oh, don't say that on live, okay? Don't say that. Verse 27 through 31. Jesus goes on, and, and uh, again, we skipped a little about the woes because he's talking to some Pharisees, but I, I want to go to this part. Verse 27, he says, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. What? Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who cut you off when you drive down Eagle Road. Bless those who curse you. If you're a brand new Christian, that is not in the Bible. You're like, well, that's in the Bible. No, I just made that up. Okay, but you can relate. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And it's not a prayer of a fireball from heaven. All right. That's not, that's not the prayer. It's like literally praying for them. If someone strikes you on the cheek, he's, he's teaching them how to relate to people. Turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, don't stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. Okay. Now you can read that verbatim if you don't know the whole context. And you can be like, whoa, I'm... I'm supposed to give everything that somebody asked me. Jesus is not promoting thievery here. <laughs> he's talking about it. There's a lifestyle he's talking about. When people are in need and you have the ability to fulfill the need, fulfill the need. Do the best you can to help people. All right? Because we can take this so literal that, that you're like, well, if somebody asks me something, I'm going to have to give it to them. So I'm going to follow you out. If you think like this and you drive a really nice car, I'm going to follow you out after church. I'm going to be like, give me the keys. <laughs> give me those keys. Now. Because you got you to do the Bible, right? And you'd be like, yeah, you can have them. I got a big payment and you don't want it. Okay. <laughs> so he's, he's promoting a, a lifestyle of generosity is what he's saying. Like just help people out if you can. All right. Do to others as you would have them do unto you. And, and we read this and we're like, okay, I know that's hard. Lord, I don't want to love my enemies, but I will because you told me. I don't want to bless somebody who curses me. I'm going to try. I'm going to work on that. All right, I'll, I'll pray for those who mistreat me. That's really hard, Lord, because I want to pray the fire of God down, not a blessing. All right, and, and I will work on that. But what you may not know is in this culture, he is preaching to a group of people who are still following Old Testament law. Now, I kind of like the Old Testament law because Old Testament law, it was like a law of retaliation. It was Leviticus, like eye for eye, tooth for tooth, baby. Like you poke my eye out, I get poke your eye out. 
You killed my ox, I get to kill your ox. If my ox killed you, then I get to kill you. I mean, there's a, there's, there was a retaliation thing going on. You knock my tooth out, I get to knock your tooth out. And I'm going to use a ball peen hammer. You used a rock, but I'm going to hit you. I'm going to, it doesn't say how. I'm just going to. I'm, and, that, and so you're, he's preaching to a group of people who are used to retaliation and having it be legal. That would be like going down Meridian Road. Somebody cuts you off. You get to spin them out. I'd be building like big old bumpers all around my truck and taking the road frequently when I'm angry, just for fun. Like. They're like run someone off the road. Jesus is saying this is a whole new concept. So you got to think about the hearers going, but the law said we, wait, Moses said we could knock the tooth out. Jesus said, don't do that. But Moses said we could poke his eye out if he poked my eye out. Don't do that. But Jesus, this is hard. I like the Old Testament better. And Jesus said, but that's not the right way to do it. I'm teaching you a new way. Yeah, you used to be able to do it, but now I'm telling you, turn the other cheek. When somebody curses, they just bless them. Because here's what you'll find, especially those of you who are in the military, who are in the Middle East, there is a lot of angry people that live this way, okay? That's why we see a lot of the wars and stuff going on. It is bred down and passed down for hatred towards another person just because they're a different skin color or belong to a different tribe. That's what drives what's going on in a lot of our world is, is that hatred and the animosity and the retaliation and the revenge. And Jesus says, I don't want to be like that. So we have to learn how to forgive. We have to learn how to turn the other cheek at times when it's really, really hard. See, Jesus was never about retaliation. If he was, we would all be smoked, Amen. right? He's not about that. He's about grace. He's about forgiveness. So this teaching, again, is completely foreign concept to the Jews he's teaching, which leads me to the point I'm making is you can't live a peaceful life if you stay bitter at people. Amen. You can't be peaceful if you're a bitter at people. And if you're bitter with people, you rarely will live your purpose. Okay, so there's a reason Jesus is tying all this thing together, saying bitterness will keep you from living the purpose of God. He will keep you from being generous and he will keep you from blessing people, right? Why is that? Because we're focusing on the wrong thing and what you focus on is what you pursue. So if you focus on revenge, if you focus on getting back, to, getting back at people, okay, that's what your life is gonna be consumed with and you will miss the opportunities God has for you to make a positive difference in the lives of those around you. So that's why he's saying, don't, don't let bitterness get to you, right? Love your enemies. Yeah, people are going to hate you. Just love them anyway. Be nice. Matter of fact, there's, there's somebody in your life, okay? There's somebody in my life. I just call him the antagonist, capital A. It's just the antagonist. I can't use the name, but it's just the antagonist. They don't go to church here, right? But there's somebody that, that, that's just an antagonist, and, and all they do is want to pro provoke you. They want to antagonize you. And what I have found is, is when you don't respond to it, it really lights them on fire. Like, so Jesus is actually teaching a principle here that you can get back at somebody without sinning. Because any, anybody that antagonizes you, they get their, their joy from you responding to it. It's like your kids in the back seat, right? They, they want to fight the whole way. Well, at least they used to. Yeah. Nowadays, they're like... Back in days before we had that stuff, we, had, we, we went at each other. Like, so maybe iPods are a good thing. Families have been getting along ever since. Um, they miss the trip. <laughs> they don't see the mountains. They see all the good stuff. All right. Did that hit somebody right there? All right, because I wasn't on my notes, okay? We focus on the wrong things. Again, what we focus on is what we pursue. Here's what I believe the devil wants us to do. The devil wants us to focus on the wrong thing in life. The devil wants you to focus on who wronged you. They want, the devil wants you to focus on who hurts you. Yep. 
He, the devil wants you to focus on the people that aren't doing what you want them to do. Why? Because if he, can, he can't get your salvation, okay, you're going to heaven. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. It's the in-between that's hard. But if the devil can render you ineffective, he can't get your salvation from you. He can't get eternity. But if he can mess you up on the way there and render you ineffective so that you'll make a difference in the lives of the people, that is what he's going to do. And he uses bitterness and he uses offenses to do that. So when we're focused on the bitterness, we're focused on the offense, we, I think, will fail to see what it is that God has for us. Here's what I know. Bitterness only hurts you. The person you were bitter at doesn't lose much sleep over things at night. They're not thinking about you. Okay, they just sleep just fine. You ever have those moments? Because they always, you know, the, the marriage people always say, you know, never go to, never, never go to bed angry. I'm like, you've never been married, have you? Right? Never go to bed angry. I would never get any sleep if that was the case, right? But one thing that used to get me was when my wife and I would get into it back in our early days of marriage, a long time ago, at least two weeks. Uh, no, we, we, we'd get into it. And you know the thing that really drove me nuts, Scott, was she could go right to sleep. Like I'd be like, Rah! she'd be like, Ugh. I'm like, and I'm laying there and I can't, yeah, I, I can't go to sleep. I'm like, why is she sleeping, Lord? And God's like, because you're the one that's messed up, bro. That's why. <laughs> yeah, but Lord, didn't you see, uh, you're talking about my daughter now? And she's just going to sleep and I'm awake and I stay awake. I'm awake. Sometimes I have to wake her up just to apologize just so I can go to sleep. Even if I was right. <laughs> It's like, just, okay, let's just get this over because I can't sleep. And I think God does that on purpose, all right? Some of y'all, you, you laugh because you relate, right? You, you know what that's like. But it, I just thought it was unfair. Um, I don't know that she ever really stayed awake because well, I was always the one staying awake. And God's like, it's your fault, man. You don't know what I'm talking about. So when you forgive, you're really setting yourself free. And when you were free, you put yourself in a position to fulfill your purpose. And I think that's why Jesus did that. So do it to others as you would have them do unto you. Not as they're doing, but as you would have them do unto you. In other words, put people first, okay? Put, put a preference there. So here's your homework, because I'm done. You guys good? I'm done? It's shorter this one than last time. That's the best amen all day. Um, quieter, the front row. All right. Your homework was this. Look for ways to add value to people. It's very simple. Okay. How do I fulfill my purpose in life? How do I find my purpose? Look for ways to add value to somebody. Okay, whether it's just a compliment, whether it's somebody at work or at home, okay, tell somebody what they are instead of what they're not. Okay, look for a way to compliment somebody. If you go to the store and, you know, you're, and somebody's having a grumpy day, make a compliment, all right? Don't, you know, now, if you're married, don't be flirting. <laughs> don't walk in, hey, girl, what's up? I, that's bad. Don't do that, okay? Don't do that, okay? <laughs> you don't understand what I'm talking about by just being a blessing, okay? Give a good tip. Okay, for wait staff, give a good tip. Okay, if they earn it, if they don't earn it, bare minimum. Um, okay, <laughs> here's what I believe. I believe we, we tip an awful lot because it's expected, not earned. Right. Tips should be earned. Amen. That's the way it is. I, matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to say it. Um, <laughs> I went to get a pizza the other day, and the, in the, uh, it wasn't a, it was a fast like you order it, you call them, you just go get it, right? They don't do anything extra. And the first thing that was brought up was tip amount. And I'm like, you didn't do nothing, right? But if somebody's serving you, tip them well. Tip them well, okay? That, I'm really, I'm a big believer, and that's one thing my parents taught me is, is just tip well. And, and if you work, if, you, if that's what you do as a waiter or a waitress and you serve me, man, do the best you can with a smile. I promise you it will come back to you, Okay. And if it doesn't, let me know. I'll come and eat wherever you serve, and I'll give you a good tip. Okay? 
I'm not saying I'm going to give you a lot of money, but I'll give you a tip. <laughs> Buy high, sell low. Let's make sure you're all listening there. All right. Tempo, there's a lot of ways to be a blessing to people. All right. So next week, okay, here's what we're going to talk about next week. Um, I found this in my wife's Bible, and I don't know who I think, Pastor Hood, I think Kristen's grandpa wrote it or, or said it, and Chris wrote it down in her Bible. Um, and so I opened up, I was like, man, that's a great statement. So I'm going to give credit to Pastor Hood, who's with Jesus now, um, but it's Kristen's grandpa, a yeah, great man of God. And I think he said this, uh, we measure worth by what we have, but God measures worth by what we give. And I thought, man, that, is a, that would be a statement that Pastor Hood would say, okay? That God measures worth by what, or I'm sorry, we measure worth by what we have. God measures it by what we give. And so we're going to talk about that next week. And not just financial, like in all areas of our life, so it's going to be really good. All right? When you help someone else, it does something inside you that lasts. It really does. When we serve ourselves, it's, it's pretty, it goes away pretty fast. But when we help somebody, it does something in us. And there's a reason that Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And it's just a great principle. So I'm looking forward to this, this series. And, and again, I want to help you find your purpose. If you're living it, I want to help you just continue to expand it because that's really where peace is found. Amen? It is. So, all right. You good? Okay. Last thing. One more thing. I have you. If you would just bow your heads with me today. If you're here today, your purpose really begins by giving your life to Jesus Christ. And again, the Bible is very clear that to get to heaven, we have to confess our sins. We have to give our lives to Jesus to get to heaven. The Bible is very clear about that, that there's a heaven and there's a hell, that we get to choose where we go. And, and getting to heaven is really easy. All we have to do is, is accept the fact that Jesus died for us and ask him to forgive us and come into our life. And the Bible says our name will get written in the book of life then. So if that's you today, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I'm not asking you to join a church, not asking you to join a religion. What I'm asking you to do is get forgiven. I had my moment at 13 where I really just said, Jesus, I want to serve you. And, and my life was changed. But if you're here today and you've never given your life to him and you want to, I'm not going to pressure you, but if you want to, nobody's looking around, just me and you and the Lord. If that's you, if you slip your hand up where I can see it, I'm not going to embarrass you or point you out. But if that's you today, today's your decision that I'm going to serve God or I'm not going to serve God. Now, many people here have have made that decision and we're just continuing to go through life. But if you've never given your life to Christ and you want to, just lift your hand up. Mean buddy at all, okay? All right, don't see any hands. I hope that's good news. Okay, look at me. Look at me. The rapture's going to happen. If it happens on a Sunday morning and you get left here, you are now the pastor. Right? And you'll yeah, and you'll believe. So. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I love you all. If you're brand new with us, again, we got a, a Change Life coffee cup for you back in the information booth. Um, you don't have to do anything to get it. Just go back and tell me your first time visitor, and they'll give you one. And uh, again, life groups tonight. Um, also, want to, our Wednesday nights, okay? Wednesday nights, we do full, like a church service, and we're going through the book of Genesis. So it's been a lot of fun. Love you. I'd say stay dry, but that would be a lie because y'all going to get wet. But thank God for the rain. Amen. There's a lot of places that are in drought. Thank God for the rain because rain makes corn and corn makes... Ah, y'all need to listen to different music. Love y'all. Get out of here.